0: This week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Diaz and Tim Minichi.
1: Jay, we're back again with another episode. Thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us digmeoutunion.com or dmounion.com and joining us from said union it is one o'clock where he is it is 9 p.m where we are it's two different days it's amazing science jason pan welcome back to the show how are you good mate thank you for having me it's always a pleasure uh what is this? Is this the? I'm trying to think of how many times now. Is I got I got? I did not do my research. Is Four. this the fourth time?
2: Virtuous mm-hmm. enough to be involved with it. Nearly my half decade now. So. Wow. Wow. Two Australian bands the last two years: Poliana last year and Clouds this year, and. Um,
1: and before that, Manson.
2: Manson Six and uh, Dais. Yes ideal
1: crush a a kind of a wide variety of uh, of records there all that we've enjoyed in different ways uh and i think six uh, by manson was the only one we were familiar with all the other ones were new discoveries so tell everyone and jay and i because we have no idea what you've picked <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun wouldn't it uh if we had to listen to it in real time. Uh, on the fly. Yeah. On the fly. Uh, tell everyone listening what the album is that you picked, who it's by, and why you picked it.
2: I've picked uh, The Clouds, Penny Century. Um, this is from 91, I think. Uh, I guess it's it felt like an album that should be in the Dig Me Out portfolio. Um <laughs> it's it's something i wasn't familiar with until the 2000s you know housemates and stuff had it in had it in the deep recesses of their cd collections but you know looking back at kind of the press and the australian alternative scene at this time it seemed like this was a really well received album um you know when it was released in 91 both uh the lead single, Hieronymus, and the album itself were you know holding their own in the Australian charts. And the album against things like Nevermind and Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Trompe Le Monde, uh Scream and Delica. And you know, it was it was number one or two around those, you know, classics of the year, classics of the era. Uh so but you know, by the time I really started even listening to alternative radio, uh, you know they completely gone from the scene, and and as as you found out, Tim, when you're trying to do background on them, like you know, they've kind of evaporated. And and this seems like a, an album which should have a better legacy that than it kind of seems to have in um I guess the local memory, if you will. So, trying to take it to you guys, see what you think, um and and let's see if this is worth revisiting.
1: Well, this is one that has been in our polls previously. Is it twice, Jay, that this has been in a poll? Yeah, and
2: this
0: has popped up a couple of times now.
2: Yeah, I think that was probably me too, just trying to <laughs> <laughs> sneak it in there somewhere. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll use this one to get it in definitively.
1: Well, I I had not listened to it when it was in the polls, because so I tend to just wait until the poll actually comes to result. But uh, we got a comment from Steve Muzinski on the poll at dig me out for this episode and he said i remember checking out this album a few years back when the current poll format was brand new i was shuffling a bunch of the albums i was unfamiliar with and every time a song from penny century came on it caught my attention so eventually i spun the record in full and recall really enjoying it but it's been a while i hope to revisit it in the next few days so hopefully he did revisit it uh prior to this jay did you check it out while it was in a poll or did you wait until we actually ended up recording it
0: Uh, I waited until we recorded it.
1: Reviewing. And, um, And Darren Leach was the other person who nominated it. Ah, yes. So, a little history on clouds, or the clouds, or clouds AUS, depending on which territory you're in, or clouds with an asterisk.
2: History of the Bay.
1: Uh, which is why I changed my name to Tim's with an asterisk for this episode in (laughs) solidarity with Clouds with an asterisk. Because obviously, Clouds is a kind of a... It's not an original name. Let's put it that way. There were other bands called Clouds. and
0: It's a a pre-Google band name. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You can no longer call your band something as simple as Clouds. No.
1: (laughs) So Penny Century is the debut. It came out... In October of 1991, it was released on Red Eye slash Polydor Records. Uh, the lineup for this album is Jody Phyllis on guitar and vocals, Patricia Young on bass and vocals, David Easton on guitar, and Stuart Eddie or Edie on drums. They ended up releasing four full-length albums. Octopus came out in 1992. Thunderhead in 93 and Futura in 1996 all on the Polydor Red Eye uh combination. They released a number of singles and EPs during this time period. In fact, during that sort of off those off years of 94-95, they released a, like two EP, two or three EPs and a couple of singles. And uh, one of them is a a single for a song called Beetroot, which we know is the uh, topping of choice for hamburgers in Australia. Uh, I still don't understand it, but uh, if I make it down there, I will give it a try. Uh, eventually. So, and they also they appear on a compilation called Into the Red: Various Red Eye Artists Live at the Phoenician. Now, listen to this lineup here. So it opens with three songs by The Cruel Sea, who we have reviewed. Four songs by Clouds. Three songs by Killing Time, which we have not gotten to. And then three songs by Beasts of Bourbon. So we've covered three of the four songs on that particular compilation. Or three of the four bands on that compilation. We have to get to uh, Killing Time, apparently. And then we'll clear all, this, <laughs> all the bands on that comp. Uh Oh, we did because you know what who killing time became? Mantissa. Oh, uh, okay. Boom. Knocked Got him it. out. We did it. We did it. We cleared that Cleared that compilation.
2: Was that that ridiculous album that you had to review? It was almost like a joke nomination at one point. Well,
1: I don't want to besmirch anybody's picks. I think <laughs> but I think yeah. I think I think that was a Gavin pick, wasn't it? I think it, it was is- a uh
0: a snapshot and all the weird stuff going on in the early 90s. I think, I think he was.
1: I, th- I want to say it was Gavin that picked that one. And yeah, I that was say Gavin. That, Gavin picked yeah. that. It was, he was sort of like, hey, can you believe this existed, sort of thing? <laughs> uh, because I remember it being, uh, unusual and not in like a, uh, a good way, just sort of, hmm, this is interesting. Well, it was of.
0: unusual, but there were also a lot of bands like. In that weird, the weird,
1: like bare metal slash like what, what do we, what do we do, right? <laughs> what are we supposed to be doing? we supposed to, so. This album did, as you mentioned, this album did well. It made it to number twenty three on the Australian ARIA charts in ninety one. It's a certified gold album uh, in Australia, and two singles were released: Hieronymous slash Lucy's Eyes, and then Anthem. That was released in September ninety one, just before the album. Was released, and Then just after the album was released, Anthem was released as the second single in February of 1992. We already covered our comment. We only got one comment, but we'll get to the poll result at the end of the show when we give our final ratings on the record. So Jay, do me a favor. Tell me one thing you liked about Penny Century by Clouds.
0: The thing that grabs you right away and I think distinguishes this band is the vocals. So you get these really, at times, pretty um, harmonized um, female vocals that really uh, do some interesting things sitting above what at times can be almost a shoegazy-ish kind of guitar sound. Um, They do some genre jumping here. So there's some other sounds. but I think for me, when it's working the best, you get these really um, interesting melodic harmonies over top of, you know, these sharp, interesting guitars that um, can move between like riffs to things that are a little bit more atmospheric. Um, You know, I think the first three tracks are pretty good flavor of running the uh what i think is a good you know space of it sounds a little bit shoegazy but you also get like that eight or that late 80s kind of alternative stuff going on so it reminded me of like those early catherine wheels uh, records like chrome and ferment in that way where they're kind of reverbed out and you can kind of hear some of the 80s influence in there but they're also doing some you know different things um with just you know how the guitars are handled and just songwriting and you know, some of the feels are different. Um, so I, I enjoyed that quite a bit too. Like in Hieronymus, you can hear um, in the phrasing early on, they're moving between vocally moving between like maybe like a Morrissey kind of vibe in terms of how the, how it's phrased, but then the harmonies make you think of belly. So you're kind of in this really unique space of, you know that period of alternative music, which is cool. it has got a very interesting mix. I'm sure we'll talk about that more. I do like, you know, in those songs, um, in songs like Too Cool, and Fox's Wedding, which also has that Catherine Wheel six eight feel. Um, it, it's really interesting because the drums and the bass are very punchy. And the records I talked about, I wouldn't necessarily say that on those records the drums and bass are very present. You know, they tend to be washed out by the guitars. And that's not the case with this record. And there's there's sometimes where I really think it helps um, create some energy, um, give the songs a really good feel. Um, Maybe the guitars can take a bit more of a backseat than you would hear typically in like, you know, shoegazy uh, music. So you, you get something a little different. It's just got a bit more of a pop sheen to it. Even when they're being a little, you know, they're experimenting and being a little bit, um, you know, from a songwriting standpoint, maybe not straight up pop. There's still like this very present punchy kick drum um, and bass playing, which, uh, again, I feel like in the early 90s, that often kind of gets washed out um, in the late 80s as well in the favor of, you know, uh, so much reverb or. Um, um, guitars uh, to where you, you kind of lose that. And so I think from that standpoint too, it's, it's a little unusual. Um, and again, I think it just, along with those, those vocals, the the punchy drums and bass give the whole record, like this cohesive, I guess, pop sheen, um, which, which makes it accessible. You know, I think on the first listen, it kind of comes off as an alternative pop kind of record to me with some, you know, jagged guitars and interesting textures. As I got into it more, I kind of got to the like, Oh, okay. I'm getting like sort of the eighties alternative references here and maybe some, you know, shoegaze and those sorts of things. But it took me a couple listens to get there because I think that, that focus of the production on the vocal and the drums and bass, again, just give it that really, uh you know much more of a uh, a pop production sound um which is again a bit unexpected um but, yeah, but but I think works pretty well
2: well i think Trish Young is the basis here and and ended up is the sole credited songwriter on a lot of the songs so i don't know if that played a part in uh, that yeah particularly the the punchier songs
1: she is credited as the sole songwriter on tracks 2 three, eight, 10, and 12, and Jody Phyllis is the sole songwriter on one, four, five, nine, 11, 13, and 14, and then Phyllis shares songwriting with Stuart Eady on six and Paul McNeil on seven, so it is pretty evenly split between the two of them, as being the sole songwriters uh, of the 14 songs. Yeah. But
0: that would make sense. Why the bass is so present. If you have a songwriter.
1: Yes. Playing bass. <laughs> yeah. So. How about you, Tim? What, uh, what worked for you? Well, when after a couple listens, I, I definitely picked up on what you were saying with regards to the Tanya Donnelly throwing muses kind of yeah. sound. And then, a song like Fox's Wedding really sounded like a much cleaner present version of like Lush. And it made me start thinking about, well, both of those bands were on 4AD, uh, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, which was also where the Breeders were originally, uh, you know, which Tanya Donnelly was a part of. There's some, there's yeah. a lot of that sound. I'm actually surprised that this wasn't released on 4AD because it sounds like a lot of those bands uh, that – from that era her voice uh Jody Phyllis's voice is is a little bit higher and and cleaner Trish Young's not that far behind but just a little more like um a little lower but they pair really well together in those in the way that you know Tanya Donnelly and Kristen Hirsch or Kristen Hirsch would or Tanya Donnelly and and Kim Deal and I really liked how this record moves from some you know pretty fuzzy guitar sounding things to like you said moving into almost like a shoegaze vibe on some of the tracks like fox's wedding um and i i love the fact that they keep them all short there's one song that's five minutes long the rest of them are two to three minutes so they're doing all this in a in a very short span of time in terms of hitting on these all these different sounds and, and splitting the songwriting of these 14 songs almost down the middle. And it really is a nice showcase for all the different things that they can do um as far as... I don't know who's playing lead and and, and rhythm as far as guitar tracks go, because there's two, but there's some nice chunky guitar sounds, nice fuzz. Um I think it's track. And I like when they do things that are a little out of the ordinary like pocket has this very chill sort of shuffle vibe going on that um if you were to start this when you start the song with hieronymus you don't think you're going to get to pocket and in, in within the next three songs like a like, bossa
2: nova vibe yeah there? yeah it's
1: yeah. a it's a real interesting sound from this band I like that they kept it to 2 minutes 20 se- you know 2 minutes and 20 seconds because if you don't like it it's it's over pretty quickly if that's not your thing um and that's pretty much how the whole record rolls like they're in and out of these songs quick there's not a lot of like long intros or or messing around there's really not a lot of like you know long solo sections or 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 big bridges or anything like that i mean it, they move through these songs real quick and um i just i just really like the whole presentation as far as that goes and i definitely did notice i think we've, we've encountered sometimes in these like really early 90s albums is either they're really re- reverbed out because they're left over or they're super clean yeah. and I'm thinking of like that Baby Animals album, which had yeah. some really cool stuff on it. But man, it was like so AOR and yeah. so ready for like <laughs> for modern adult radio. Yeah. that um, And they had a bluesier edge too, yeah. but it was super clean. And this has a nice combination of clean production, not reverbed out, but also fuzz and, and some... Nice noise here, happening here and there. Yeah,
0: there's some uh, somehow they're managing some some rough edges, right? Even though it's not like overly distorted, there's just enough tone and stuff going on here that gives it some some dirt, which is yeah. Good. They
2: just lean into it a little bit. Like oh, I like that riff at the start of a mortar. That just that little sliding riff. Um, you know, they're just doing some good quick changes with their chords, just almost riff, turn them into riffs, and it's, it just gives it a little bit of uh, movement, and it's, it's nice.
1: Yep. What works best for you, Jason? Oh,
2: look, I, I probably needed to have listened to this a bit more in the lead-up to this, but, uh, to, but, um, yeah, I mean, that the, that first, you know, half a dozen songs, that I've spent the most time with uh, I'm, I'm really surprised how strong they come out with, you know, the production is the production and it, it, you know, it feels old to me in kind of the, the style it's come out with. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's pretty solid from what I've, what I've gone into so far. So.
1: And I, I like that, um, on not every track, but on some of the tracks like fear the moon, they both sing, like I think that's a Trish Young lead, but Jody Phyllis is doing like a counter melody in the background for part of the song, and I it works really well as opposed to just doing harmonies. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of bands that have two people that can sing and and, and they have split uh, vocals. Sometimes they don't even harmonize with each other. Uh, I don't think uh, Jay Farrar and Jeff Tweedy ever. <laughs> harmonized with each other because <laughs> they didn't get along um but when you have two people that can sing and not only can they sing but they can like write off of each other so i don't know if if, if trish young wrote that part for jody Phyllis or if jody Phyllis came up with that but i'd like that in a song like that they're able to to do some interesting things with the vocal and not just be about backing each other up
0: and I love the guitar lead in that song, too. It plays off those vocals really well. It's that those bends, you know, you just get this really cool, like, interplay in that frequency range of those high vocals. Mm-hmm. Like you said, not not necessarily, like, always harmonizing. Sometimes they're countering each other and singing across each other. And you get this really cool, um, you know, almost dissonant guitar, wheeling guitar, which is, uh, you know, a lot of fun.
1: What did you think of... Um... Track seven, visionary with the uh, the slamming punk <laughs> drums.
0: like the energy in the song yeah the drumming is not very i don't know it seems a little off i think i think there's a way to get that tempo that they're trying to go through to get to without just pounding on that with that beat
1: yeah and an album with not a lot of missteps musically for me like that was one where i was like i don't think that i don't think this is the right beat yeah
0: I, I still ended up liking the song, I think just because the guitar, that super dirty, dirty guitar in the left channel and the, and the, and the vocals. And then just, like I said, the energy's right. But yeah, I'm with you. There was, there's something about it right, right away. I was like, mm, this drum beat's not going anywhere and it's kind of annoying me. <laughs> and that's, that's one of the downsides too, of having the drums so loud. I think in this mix is that's one. Yeah. Where, I think
1: I picked up on that too. Yeah. They're so present.
0: You really got to have killer parts. And if you just start, you know, playing a simple punk beat and you have it that loud, it's like, Oh my God, it's
1: beating the snare drum to my head. Yeah. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, a lot of this stuff he's the drummer is not, it's, it's kind of not laid back, but it's a little bit on the backbeat, I guess it's like, there's a little bit more of a groove. Um, I think like there's a couple of times where he gets on top of it. It's yeah. a little death. Little death has is like, yeah. almost sounds like a new wave song with the way that that beats played. Um, but for the most part, it's like, it's, it's more of like, a like I would consider like, I don't know that. My Alexa <laughs> just started talking to me. <laughs> I don't need you right now. Thank you. Uh, but anyway, uh, I pretty much liked what the drummer was doing. It was just like, yeah. in, in visionary, just kind of, like you said, just kind of too loud for that for that style. Um, as far as stuff that didn't work, was there anything else that uh, didn't work for you?
0: Yeah, I I don't love um, a song like Pocket. I don't although I guess I like that better than say little death and show me and what else they get so a uh, soul leader they get a little too generic poppy like almost um I don't know they're too simple and they're too happy if that makes sense those songs, there's something about, and it might be rhythmically, you know, they're Hmm. simpler chord progressions, you know, two and three chord progressions. something like little death is is a little too bright and smiley to me um and with their vocal it's just when when you get anything even slightly sugary that vocal on top of it just to me is too much of a good thing i like when musically they're they're darker even even on a song like um fantastic tear where they you know the, the reverb on the drums is ridiculously pronounced but there, there's like this space and when you hear the vocal singing over top of those reverbed out drums, there's just like this weird ominous kind of dark sound to it that, I, that I'm i fine with and I kind of dig. Um, I just don't like when they get a little like slappy and happy and like too poppy. It just hmm. doesn't work for me as well. Um, I tend to want to skip past those songs. And now the good part, good part about that is that the short, I
1: think right?
0: Maybe is the only song that has that drum machine intro that's kind of long. Um, but that's the only song that's long. The rest of them are three ish or under.
1: I kind of got the idea for, for Fantastic Tier that they were trying to do like a, a Phil Spector thing, yeah, with the with the tambourines opposite of the kick. It yeah. doesn't, it's not fully in that sound, like they're not doing mm-hmm. it. They're, the yeah. Uh, the Rundells or whatever, uh, but I I don't know. I think I liked some of the poppier stuff only because like in Soul Eater, which is Jodie Phyllis, her vocal seems to, like whatever scale she's in seems to still be kind of minor. Like the music is bright, but she does these vocal runs that reminded me of of Mickey Berenji from from lush where they they're pretty, but they're also like dark. Hmm. Um, so that was one where I, I know what you're saying. Um, and it's sometimes just one of those, those they have those like clean guitars that yeah. are, are like, they're a little dirty, but they definitely have like a lot of bright chorusy kind of sounds on those guitars. Yeah. And those can sign a little bit too clean and happy. Yeah. Um, it didn't. It, it didn't bother me that much. I I think there was probably maybe one or two many of those songs, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't I, hate them.
0: Something like Soul Eater. I pick up on the like the two note pattern there, and it mm-hmm. it kind of just drives me crazy.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Even though
0: they're doing a ton of work over top vocally, that's super cool. I pick up on that two note like do 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 for most of the song, and I just start to go a little bit crazy. Um I, I want them to break out of that pattern. Um even though that I agree with you that it has a vocally has a cool dark kind of layer on top of the music, which is a little bit happier.
1: I think I had I think show me was the one that I was probably the least interested in. Yep. Um because it was almost four minutes. And that like shuffle drum thing, Yeah. I don't know what it reminded me of, but it was almost in, and I know this is like 1991, so it's not relevant, but it was like almost, Um, oh, what's that damn band? Uh, I don't, Not Blues Traveler, but like the, just the rhythm thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe I, it was like Spin Doctors or something. My,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my notes were, um. I couldn't get, I couldn't get to a a great example i just my notes were uh it sounds a little hippie dippy
1: yes it just had this like hippie quality <laughs> and i and i know what you're saying there's something about
0: like the slappy snare drum and the i don't know, just the feel of it is
1: i think it's a blind melon song that has like that beat yeah yeah uh is it tones of home is that what i'm trying to i'm trying Maybe. to like zone in on what the <laughs> what drum it sounds like definitely
0: tones of home does definitely has that kind of
1: feel. okay it took a while for my brain to like yeah, wire itself to to <laughs> make that connection um, I know you haven't listened in a while Jason was there any aspect of the record that didn't work for you?
2: Uh, look if I look at what little notes I have it's things like Too Cool and Maybe I mean some of those slower songs I just mm-hmm. kind of tune out a little more without the, the immediacy of the, the kind of I guess the more edgier guitar and, and things on top of that
1: yeah, I definitely dig it when they're a little edgier. I mean, that to me, that's such a, a cool counter to how good their vocals are, but how clean and like poppy they are. And it's the same way that, like, with that dog, uh, that was a band. There's, you know, like they did a really good job of bringing you this power pop, but then also bringing you these sort of like weird and and fuzzy sounds that counterbalance that really well so i think that's always the the trick because how you know whether they were going for that or not you know if they wanted to be a radio band in 1991 i mean this is right on the precipice of of the alternative explosion happening it hasn't even happened yet really so i don't know what australian radio looked like in october of 1991 but I don't know if this was a band that got spun or not because it didn't. I don't even think it was released here, in the United States. Uh, yeah, well, uh,
2: as I said here, it's you know Hieronymus is up there with Planet of Sound and and Billy Bragg and Rollins in the in the alternative singles charts at, at the time in that kind of October November '91. Okay. Um, so I guess it was really well received, particularly Hieronymus. Um, I don't know how the subsequent albums went or whether there was particular singles I got that uh you know kept echoing through. But um certainly this seems like the high
1: point. Well, this is the only one that gets a um an individual Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh no the other one none of the other albums get a Wikipedia page. <laughs> so I imagine that this is the one that made the big impact. That's how we know if you're Maybe that's uh well, I don't know
0: I was gonna say that maybe that's how we qualify what uh what album should be Dig me out but if you
1: if you if you do or don't have a Wikipedia <laughs> right. page or your album if the album has a right Wikipedia page if it just when you click the album it just circles right back to the uh to the band page it doesn't actually go anywhere yeah um I mean, I mean look up
0: um, Mantisa mossy god <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. So, yeah, I, I, just, I was
2: just looking something up, Tim, and then uh, Triple J did a the best fifty Australian songs of the nineties in, in twenty seventeen, and Hieronymus was number four in that. for the decade. so wow. obviously, particularly in the radio uh, community, there they had some memories, and that was still ringing bells for them, you know, sixteen years later. As a,
0: can you give us a pretty top? important song. Can you give us the whole top five? What's the top five? Yeah.
2: Uh, UMI, Berlin Chair, number one. Regurgitator, um, exclamation mark, number two. Uh, itchy and Scratchy, number three. Hieronymus at four. And Nick Cave and the Bad Seas, red right hand, number five.
0: We haven't done any Itchy and Scratchy.
2: And you're three indie coming in at six.
1: Huh. We've almost got them all covered. So this, so the band broke up in '97, right after their fourth record, and then they got back together in 2011 and have done some odds and ends shows, um, here and there. They've done a Clouds reunion show, um, and they did do a new release in 2017. They put out an EP. So I don't know that we'll get, you know, any sort of full album or tours from them anymore, but I'm, I'm a little surprised that this didn't get any release in the U S in terms of, you know, college radio or anything. Yeah.
2: From, from what I remember, um, back from another nomination time, I think they, they did the, go to the U S to record the second album and, and get get signed by a u.s label afterwards but it didn't really it didn't happen. go anywhere and come back in a mess mm. and make your second album back in australia
1: seems like yeah. a lot of australian bands tried that well yeah <laughs> try to well you got to crack the big market right i mean there's uh 300 million people here and a lot of them were in college and buying cds in the 90s so it made sense
2: yeah surely there was enough in penny century to get a an imprint in 92 or something
1: in the, in the U S but I mean, like yeah. I said, I'm surprised that four AD didn't yeah put something out. This really does sound like it would have been,
0: uh, you know, at least in the alternative um, channels and it, it would have done well. It would have fit in very well at the time.
1: Have you heard any of the albums after this, Jason?
0: Uh, I've only got to remember
2: a uh, memory of, um, boa or bower of bliss which was the lead single from thunderhead i think okay um but yeah it's uh again you know scouring ebay and type of things because up until recently i don't think any of that was on spotify they've only just right again, so
1: that's true a lot of the stuff that when we were started doing the show years ago and even recently i mean up until like 2017 2018 when we switched to uh our new website stuff wasn't streaming and then now it is so i'm still like filling in gaps in our website of of spotify albums to link to uh because there was there's still a lot i mean it's down it's a lot less than it used to be for some reason it's it's always an oddball thing like coverdale page that we just did where you're like why isn't this streaming this is this is weird the uh the
0: credits for this one are a fun little, uh, <laughs> a little record of how messed up the the record industry is now. So it's 1995, released in 1993, but its copyright it was put out in '95 for Electric Entertainment, manufactured by Rhino Entertainment, a Warner Music Company group. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's that, Jay. Is that, <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is Thunderhead. Okay. So there's a lot of hands in that pot <laughs> to get well, that record out here.
2: Yeah. Well, that sounds like it was the, uh, you know, post moot trying the states and things and right. obviously getting entangled in some, uh, f- a few contracts from different uh,
0: regions. And it's right. uh, over an hour long compared to the record we just reviewed one hour, four. No,
1: they went with the CD, went the CD route with yeah. that one. I like that this one. You know, it's it's 14 songs but it's 44 minutes. Fits on that vinyl real nice. I wonder if uh did they release I'm assuming they released this on vinyl. Let's see. Yep. And it can be yours. Well, nobody's selling it and it's going to go for $114 if you uh if you have a copy on average. Okay,
2: so enough. uh want list.
1: There you go. Uh, All right, let's talk about overall ratings on this record. I'll share the poll result in just a moment. But Jay, were the album better EP or decent single? What do you say?
0: I say this record benefits a ton um, by being short. Had this been a you know, an hour long record. So a couple, you know, say a handful of these songs a little bit longer, I probably would be saying EP, but because it's so short uh, and everything is tight, I feel like even some of the material I don't love, you get, you get in and out so quick that um, I'm okay with it. And you get a better, I think, it just allows you by keeping these, these songs edited and sharp, it allows them, I think, to jump genres. And even when I don't love some of the, some of the boxes, they jump in, uh, I can appreciate the overall journey. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to go with a worthy album. You know, I, I like majority of the songs. There's just a couple I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, I don't think are strong or like have a sound that I'm just not in love with, but um, you know, it, it's a journey and I'm sure there'll be a, a lot of folks who uh, listen to this record and, and, and don't mind those, those shifts and in turn. So I'm going to wear the album.
2: It's interesting you say that you look at, you were mentioning Thunderhead and they're both 14 songs, Penny Century and Thunderhead Yeah. Penny Century is 44 minutes. And as you say, Thunderhead's nearly, Nearly 60, so...
0: Yep. Yeah. It's well, just I, like an extra 30 seconds to a minute on every song, and it just starts to add up.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I think that that's what makes this album work so well, and that's why I think it's a, a worthy album, is because all these songs are so short. I mean, I would maybe... I would cut two songs, because the other ones that I, I, I'm not in love with, but I think are interesting are only like 2 minutes 212 to 30 like you know what i mean like yeah. who cares uh, it, they do something interesting it just it's not a song that i love yeah. it's just visionary and show me would probably be the two that i would cut um i'm i'm pretty cool with everything else and that i mean even cutting those gets me down like under 40 minutes yeah. which is ridiculous for that era <laughs>
0: Even in the songs we're cutting, I think the vocals are worth a listen.
1: Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean the vocals are what are the, if you didn't have a good vocalist for this band, Yep. or two good vocalists, this you couldn't sell this to anybody. But the fact you have two really good vocalists that sound very much of the era, they don't sound like they're copying; they just sound like they're of the era. Um. I mean, they would be. They would be right in line with what was happening with us indie rock um that that's what really makes this band so interesting um i do i do want to deduct a point though because they use three different fonts on the cover and it really bothers (laughs) me
0: (laughs) i've I've studied that home cover trying to figure out if i love it or hate it for that
1: reason is that a is that a symbol head Like, I'm trying to figure out what it's such a big hole. I can't think that that's a symbol head.
0: Uh, I'm thinking it's like a pot or a vase of some kind that you're looking down on. Oh, there's like a hole in the middle. I think that's like
1: maybe it's like a gold vase. I think so.
0: But I'm only able to see this, you know, small version on streaming. Can you tell what it is, Jason, from the CD version or have you ever seen a bigger version of it?
2: No, I've got, yeah, I don't have the CDs handy. They're still in box, but uh, so I'm looking at the same picture. You are Yeah, trying to discern whether it's a lamp from above or a gong or whatever.
1: I um, don't know. I just know that they chose three fonts and none of them were the correct one. <laughs> one of you is a graphic designer,
2: aren't they? I am. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, that's, that's Jay's passion. Graphic design is his passion. And uh, I, I'm sure he... Because there's like this, fu- like futuristic one. That's like
0: <laughs> you it's would, so over the top that it almost works. It's like guess, brutalist.
1: Yeah, it's brutalist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Russian architecture. It's uh, kinda, yeah. Uh, Mr. Pan, I know you brought so. this record to us. I know that uh, you are a fan. Is it a worthy album for you?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, even songs which don't necessarily work for me. I mean. Something like Soul Eater. I'm not into most of the song, but then kind of the latter half. I've got notes that saying I really enjoyed where it went to, kind of from the bridge onwards. Um, so yeah, definitely a worthy album.
1: Well, believe it or not, the dig me out community was split. They went 50-50. Were the album in better EP? I would like an explanation from the folks because there was multiple folks who voted better EP. What their EP would look like? Like, what are you cutting um, from this album down to a five or six song EP? Because really, I mean, once you get into like seven, eight, nine, that's a that's an album, I guess. I think but, you uh, get
2: a lot of different cuts as well. I think they would wouldn't all have the same same six or seven. Probably interesting.
1: Would be d- depend on what style because there's definitely some style uh, changes from song to song. You know, you get like a song like "Fear the Moon," which has like a Pixies element to it, and then some other stuff that's more shoegazy and yeah. So
0: and then and then you hit um, some spin doctors,
1: and you get some spin doctors <laughs> all because of that slappy snare yeah. kick combo. Yeah. It's just a little too, little too happy in the drums. That guy, that guy was uh, had a good day. That's not, that's not what we want. Head on over Discord if you want to yell at me about my slappy drum comments.
0: <laughs> We've had a couple threads going on about that, about how well, I between hate between drums.
1: that and your your hatred of the fretless bass, All right? Yeah, if you want to give me a hard time about that?
0: There's a there's a little cohort there. We'll join in on
1: you with you. Uh, Jason pan. I got to differentiate because we've got multiple Jason's here. Uh, thank you for bringing this to us. Thank you for rescuing it from the, the previous polls that you and, and Darren submitted to and, and bringing this to us. This is th- like you said, this definitely belonged in the portfolio. Uh, this slots in real nicely with a lot of other records and I hope people check it and check it out. Uh, because, uh, I th- I'm guessing nobody in the United States heard this. So I think now they have a chance to. So thank you. Pleasure. And thank you for spending some of your uh, Friday afternoon with us. We hope we can read. We're going to give you back eight minutes, as they say in a, in a work conference call. We're going to give you back <laughs> eight minutes. You can uh, <laughs> check your email. And- Great, I'm on
2: spreadsheets again, and away we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's much less exciting. That's my favorite
1: part. Is when you you like you get down to a meeting and you're like, okay, folks, well, we're gonna wrap up. We're gonna get back your two minutes and uh like thanks. I really wanted those two minutes back. I, w- I wanted the last 48 minutes back or 58 <laughs> minutes back, not the two minutes at the end. Sons of bitches. Ugh. There's no
2: remorse here. Happy, happy to spend the time
1: with you fellas. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh I want to remind the folks out there if you would like to Be a part of our Patreon community. Pick albums, vote in polls, uh, get all sorts of cool stuff, whether it's stickers or T-shirts or what have you. Go to dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. That's where the magic happens. It's also where you can join our Discord where all of the chatter happens. We've got uh, all sorts of things being discussed. Jay's hatred of of, uh, slappy bass and drums and uh and other uh, uh our disappointment continually with the, the new our lady peace releases that always come out and uh we can't figure out what's going on with that band and uh i opened a uh
0: americana channel
1: and there boy, you go it, it exploded i'm I'm like
0: i think i opened it yesterday and i'm struggling to catch up there have been so many posts
1: yeah you know it's great because somebody new will join the uh the patreon and then and then hop into the uh the discord and they'll be around for a couple days and then they'll go hey i noticed you don't have this yeah and you're like ah i never thought about that yeah we <laughs> do need to have that so we'll add a new channel and now we've we're up to like 700 different channels uh for people we have we have micro genre to everything in every band and it's that uh
0: M- madchester lo-fi yeah you san diego Prague, books Gardening. gardening very very active in the gardening channel.
1: Well, you know, we're all gonna need to be able to grow our own food soon. Music so. sales. Yep. I love when people go out to record stores or, or or any store that and they post like, I just bought these 75 yeah. CDs for a nickel. <laughs> that
0: is uh it gives me that little like um dopamine hit without having to deal with actually owning the CDs. Right. The records <laughs> you're like oh wow <laughs> Look at that deal you got. Right. And I love when people lay them out. You're like, oh, it looks so nice. And then you're just like, I, that's it. I got my little dopamine hit. Now you can go figure out how to store those and <laughs> what you're going to do you with might, them when yeah. you move. And as I look at the boxes behind Jason. Uh, uh, yeah, having I- moved twice in a year, yeah, the, the CD's <laughs> never left the box in
2: the uh, intermediate oh, period. But, yeah. but, uh, now, I can't now move. Where the racks go? Yeah. They yeah.
1: may stay in the box. Way too much vinyl to move. It's not. It's never moving.
0: <laughs> so thank you all for buying vinyl and posting pictures of it so I don't have to.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm part of that problem. Um speaking of the union and the Patreon, also when you join, you get access to our box newsletter, which you can sign up for by going to digmeoutpodcast.com. It's delivered weekly, two new reviews of Movies, books, and music released relevant to the podcast, that's 80s and 90s, uh, every week, plus our calendar of new releases for every uh, that's put out every week. There's always new stuff coming out. It's really interesting to see uh, what's going to happen in 2022. There's been so many albums on hold that are finally going to get released. The Just January and February is going to be insane. When I tell you, I mean, bands that haven't put out a record in forever are putting out stuff in 2022. It I think there's one week where it's like uh, Midnight Oil, Soft Cell, and Tears for Fears. You're like, what decade is this? <laughs> they all have new records out. That's insane. Uh, and uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you've got yep. a new Guns N' Roses EP coming out next year. You've got uh, stuff from I can't remember it all, but there's there's just a lot of music coming Eddie Vetter solo album coming out in next February. Just a ton of stuff. So and it'll all be in the box newsletter. You'll be able to stay up to date. Include a little uh, you know links where you can go purchase them, you can watch the videos, that kind of stuff. You just go to uh, digmeoutpodcast.com. It's also where you can submit your album in our suggest an album page, our form, and those go into our Week or a monthly, weekly, that'd be crazy. Monthly uh, poll, nine albums selected from the hopper and then voted on by the patrons. And if they don't win, sometimes they get rescued. It's this, this is not the first time this has happened. An album gets rescued from not winning a poll and gets uh, picked by one of our patrons for us to check out. So think that's every no it's not one more thing apple podcasts <laughs> i should just record all this stuff and, and so yeah. i don't have to do it every time just hit a just hit a button at the end I'm so tired apple podcasts give us a good review please thank you thank you very much please clap
0: and if you don't want to give us a good review come talk to us first maybe we um, can work something out
1: or or give other podcasts negative reviews yeah that um. aren't us. <laughs> like NPR, they you are have always a problem beating us with
0: one of our reviews, say like we reviewed a record and didn't like it as much as you do before you go on Apple reviews and write three paragraphs about how we're wrong. Come talk to us. Maybe we we'll, we
1: maybe we didn't have you on the show or something. Or, t- or tell us where you live and we will come make, we'll pay a visit. We'll just pay a little quick visit to you. Where you live. Send us your address. i was tim threatening you not me i I, you know i just want to shake your hand you got the you got the nerve to to say something like that Uh, i want to shake the hand of the the fella or the lady uh i'm gonna delete all this now so (laughs) (laughs) for jay uh i'm tim we're out and we'll be back next week with another episode of dig me out